Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. We are so glad to have you here. We are glad to have our congregation, of portions of our congregation watching us online. A couple of announcements today before we begin. Uh, Commitment Sunday is next Sunday. I know some of you have already been turning in your pledge forms. Um, Just to let you know, a reminder of our habit here, on Commitment Sunday, uh, people who are bringing their pledges and their offerings on that particular day will come and leave them on the um, communion table. But don't worry, no one's keeping a tally. Uh, So if you turn yours in before or you turn yours in after, that is absolutely fine. But next Sunday is Commitment Sunday when we will be celebrating uh, that part in our worship. Also, uh, we have a very special event happening tomorrow night here in the sanctuary, 7 p.m. It is Gabriel Fares, okay, Requiem in D minor, it's French. Uh, It's 7 p.m. tomorrow night, and this is going to be gorgeous. It is uh, combined UAFS choirs with our church choir. They have been working very hard. That is a free event, 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary tomorrow night. Uh, There will be COVID protocols in place for the singers, so um, I hope as many of you as possible can join us. Uh, Barry Law will be part of that requiem, and as you know, this is his last Sunday with us, Uh, so please, there are baskets at each of the entrances if you would like to leave him a note or a card uh, today. And more about that later, Barry. Uh, Classes continue. Larry Price has a class at 10 a.m. Phil uh, and Sarah Putman have a class at 10 a.m. on the third floor, and my Wednesday class continues at 10 a.m. in the Bakery District. And you can ask those who've been attending, it is warmer than you think. Uh, under those heaters in the bakery district. 10 a.m. Wednesdays. Thank you. (laughs) Finally, last chance at the memorabilia. It is all throughout the parlor, and I know you've been enjoying looking at it. That will be uh, boxed away this week, so if you want to see the 1929 Dixie cookbook, which is out there, uh, you need to look after worship today, all right? With all that in mind, let's worship God.
Listen to these words from Psalm 54. God, save us by your power. Set us free by your might. We will sacrifice an offering to you simply because we choose to. Lord, we will praise your name because it is good. You have saved us from all of our troubles. Let us pray. Holy God, as we gather this day for worship, we pray that your spirit would be upon us and in our midst, stitching us together as one people. Help us on this day to set aside all other thoughts on our minds or our hearts and to be present here with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's stand and sing our first hymn.
Let's remain standing, and we will offer our prayer of confession before God and one another. The prayer is printed in your bulletin and on your screens. Let us pray. Lord God, you give wisdom. Your teaching leads to abundant life. We confess we often seek other ways. We are concerned with unspiritual and earthly things. These paths do not lead to abundance, and we feel that lack at our core. Hear our prayers as we confess the mistaken priorities that have led us far from you. Renew our hearts, we pray, and bring us close to you again. We rest our lives in the promise of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is our way and truth and abundant life. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. My brothers and sisters, who is in a position to condemn us? It is only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. The new life has come. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. And let us sing to God's glory. be seated. As we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, let's pray. Lord, you are our refuge and our strength a very present help in time of trouble. We ask that you would strengthen and renew us this day as we hear your word. And we ask for your ability, your encouragement, the work of your Holy Spirit to follow it. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. We continue in Mark's Gospel today, although I have shifted the readings just slightly. We are still in Mark 9, but we are going to begin at verse 30, a little earlier. They have been, uh, Jesus and the disciples have been on tour uh, all around Galilee uh, with Jesus preaching and teaching and healing. And then we have this. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, 
and three days later, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. And then from James's letter, chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind, but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? This is the word of the Lord. I am going to give you just five seconds, only five seconds, and I'm actually going to count them in my head. Don't count them in your head. You'll be distracted. But in five seconds, I'm going to make a bet that you can call to mind the steps your parents used to get your attention when you were a child, the steps they chose when you weren't listening. Uh, How did they get your attention? Tell you it was important to listen. How did they make sure you knew that? You have five seconds How did they do that? How many of you were thinking they used my full name? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, most of us, that is uh, parenting 101, isn't it? Uh, That when the child is not listening and you want them to stop and focus on you, they pull out that middle name. When Tasha Leanne broke out in our house, oh... It meant you better stop, you better listen. I think most of us uh, have a history of that. Generations of us have been raised with that attention getter. Another guess I might have for something that occurred to you in those five seconds might have been the idea of home. And what I mean by that is when the parent says, we are going to talk about this when we get home. Uh, Was that one ever used on you? Oh, we're going to talk about this when we get home. You knew that what was going to be talked about at home was not going to be very fun, but it was probably going to be pretty important because we're going to talk about this when we get home. 
We have both of these uh, attention-grabbing uh, tricks here today, these steps that people take to gather attention. You might have missed it in Mark 9, but both of them are there in their own ways. We read that Jesus and his disciples have just returned from touring to Capernaum. And in Mark's gospel, uh, Capernaum is home. Capernaum is home territory, home base. And so what we find out is that they have traveled home and Jesus has waited until they got home to have a conversation. He gathers them up once they've reached home and says, I want to talk to you. So that is our first pay attention signal. We're home now. We're going to talk. And the second is that once he starts talking to them, we read in Mark 9 that he sat down. And we were going to roll right over that. Of course we would. They've been traveling. Why wouldn't he sit down? But this is not that kind of sitting down. This is the kind of, I am using your middle name because I need you to listen to me kind of sitting down. This is that kind of sitting down. In Jesus' culture, when the teacher sat, it meant teaching's about to start. You better listen. And it's that that's happening here. So that's our second pay attention signal to in just a few words, which means that what is going to come next is going to be a big time moment. It is going to be an important teaching. Whatever happens next, we're at home and he's sitting down. It's going to be important. Let's remember for a moment why this moment has even come. It's because the disciples have been caught out, and their behavior is both a little surprising and a lot disappointing. Only mere moments after Jesus described to them how he is going to suffer and die for this ministry, his disciples are fighting with each other about who is the greatest of the 12 of them. And I think as you consider this experience on the road, you should assume that it was as juvenile as you think. They're back and forth arguing. I think you should assume that the phrases, because I said so, and nuh-uh, were used by these disciples in their argument with each other. Who's greatest? Well, I'm greatest because I said so. Nuh-uh. It is unconscionable to hear it that that's what they've been talking about. In this setting, following this man, that's what they're talking about. Which is why when they, once they get home and Jesus sits down to talk to them about it, they don't want to speak. They don't want to say a word. It's appalling that they've behaved like this. And you know, that was easy to say just then. It was appalling that they behave like this and say it easily as if we would never be caught out ourselves. How could they act that way? What if Jesus was like an Alexa in our home and just listened and listened and listened to all we discussed, all we argued about, all the words with which we filled our day. And then one night, Jesus, out of that little cylinder, spoke back and simply said, what is it you've been talking about? Most of us would go silent, too. Hmm, what have you heard, Jesus? It would be embarrassing. It is embarrassing. 
We know what Jesus teaches. We know a large portion of that path he sets for us to walk. Yet so often we live and speak as if we don't know it at all. Jesus talks about suffering and we scrabble to reach some sort of top tier. He talks about sacrifice and we find we only think of ourselves. We only speak of ourselves. Well, it's time to pay attention. He's waited until we got home. And he's sitting in front of us now. Before our eyes, he pulls a passing child near and he says, welcome this child in my name. And then he says, when you welcome this child in my name, you are welcoming me. That's what he says to them. Now, I have to tell you this caveat, and I don't want to break your heart. And if my mother is watching online, I'm about to break her heart because she loves children and no child in her mind has ever done anything wrong. But there are places in Scripture where we get uh, the teaching that Jesus does like children. We do have that in Scripture. That's not what's happening here. This is not about a sweet moment where Jesus says, don't we love children? No, that's not what's happening here. I need you to erase for a moment all that you know and believe about children in our context. I need you to erase all of that just for a moment because it's going to be hard to do it. I need you to erase that children are treasured or unique or it's a joy to watch them grow, or they are important to the family. I need you to erase all of that for a moment, as hard as it is, because none of that was believed in Jesus' time. None of it. That's hard to fathom, but none of it. A child in Jesus' time was not considered at all. A child had no standing, no power. They were considered non-persons. If you go back to Mark 9, the child is referred to as it. In Aramaic, the dialect Jesus spoke, the word for child is talia. And in Aramaic, the dialect that Jesus spoke, the word for servant and slave is talia. Same word. Same place in my life. It is almost inconceivable to us now, but at the time they were the same word because that's all children were good for, what they could provide for the family. They couldn't earn for the family. They were a drain on the family's finances, and at the very least, they could serve them dinner. In fact, when Jesus says, you're to be a servant of all, that's actually a job description. There was someone in the household who was on that lowest rung. They had the title on their business card, should anyone ever want to get them one, and it would have said servant of all, and it was the lowest place because after the servants were done serving, you were the one who swept the servants' floors. You were the one who brought the servants' dinner. The servant of all was the lowest rung, and in many households, it was the same thing as the child. So picture it, the men sitting around their home. They're being called out for scrabbling for glory, and a child is thrust before them, a nobody, a nothing, a non-person, and about that non-person, Jesus tells them, welcome him. Welcome her. Verse 
and do it in my name. It's the only time in Mark's gospel that he does that. It's the only time in that gospel that he tells the disciples to do something in his name. Up until now, this gospel has been one healing story after another. I counted for you. There are ten distinctive healings described in just nine chapters and dozens more referred to, and not once does Jesus do it in his name. Since chapter six, the disciples have been given the go-ahead to go and heal themselves, to go out and heal, and Jesus never once asked them to do it in his name. He's been teaching and preaching sermons, parables, stories, and never does he do it in his name. The disciples have been doing the same, and never does he do it in his name. It's this thing, this one thing. It's this one thing that he tells them to do in his name. Welcome the non-person, the nothing, the nobody. That's what he wants us to do in his name. The one thing he wants his name on in our lives. Sign my name there. If he were an Alexa in your home, an Alexa in your heart, would he have heard something different in your everyday talk, in your everyday thoughts? Would he have heard you talking about welcome and sacrifice? Or would he have heard you talking about prestige and, and greatness and, and working on your own status? Of course, the horrifying thing is that he has heard. He does know. Would you be too embarrassed to speak because of what he's heard? Of course you would. I would. We lose track. We get careless in what we talk about, spend our time on, set as our priorities. Of course we do. All of us do. But he's waited until we got home. And he's sitting down. This is a big moment, an important teaching. Does he have our attention? Amen. Let us pray. Holy and great and merciful God, we are grateful for the words that you speak into our lives. Grateful that you call us to be more than we are inclined to be. Encourage us to love more broadly and boldly than we normally ought. On this day, we pray that you would help us to be mindful of those who are around us in this world, those whom we are called to love, those whom we are called to greet as though we were greeting you yourself. 
Help us to understand the level and depth of our commitments to one another, to our neighbors, to those who are impoverished, to those who suffer, to those who are in need. We live in a world that is in a difficult place, a world riven by divisiveness, held underneath by disease, separated by wars and by factions. It is a difficult time. And yet your call remains the same, and your call remains clear. It is to love others as we love you. Help us to do this in our lives. Help us to serve you faithfully in our lives. And during this difficult time in the world, we are particularly mindful this day of people who are struggling mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We pray for those who are finding it difficult to find energy, difficult to find passion, difficult to find enthusiasm. We pray for those who feel isolated and alone. We pray for those who are suffering from depression. And we take this time now to offer to you our prayers for particular people who are suffering in heavy ways during these days. Holy and merciful God, we are mindful also of those who suffer from illness, mindful of those who are in need of your healing touch and your spiritual care. We pray specifically this day for Jan Mosso as she fights cancer, for Doc Fagan who's recovering from spinal surgery, for Mike and Deborah Jones. And we take this moment to offer our prayers for particular people and situations to you. Holy God, in the midst of all of these things, help us to never lose sight of the blessings that we have received in this life and in our world. We're grateful for one another, for those with whom we worship today. We're grateful for the saints who came before us, enriching us and laying a foundation for us. We're grateful for those who love us, grateful for opportunities to serve you, grateful for our neighbors, grateful for our community, grateful for the blessings that come through and with this day. And we take this moment now to offer our silent prayers of gratitude to you, O Lord. Holy God, we know that you hear all of our prayers, the ones we speak aloud and the ones offered in the silence of our hearts. We offer all of these to you this day in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As a reminder, we don't pass the offering plates anymore. There's a basket right up here in front of Barry. If you want to throw something in there after the service, you are not under any obligation to do so, but please receive this musical offering before God.
double tithes and offerings to you, that they may be used for your glory in this place and throughout your world. In Jesus' name, amen. sneak out of here. Come here, Barry, please. Barry, come here. Come here. He's going to hate me for this. I'm going to keep it simple. Almost six years, uh, Barry has been among us, 
And we thank you for sharing your gift of direction with us, for sharing your beautiful voice with us, and most of all, for sharing your big heart with us. And you will be in all of our thoughts and prayers. And God be with you till we meet again, Barry Law. Thank you. If you want to talk to him, you're going to have to do it fast, because you know he's going to run. But talk to him if you can grab him. And now, go out into this world in peace and be of good courage. Show to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted and support the weak in everything that you do. Do it in the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you his peace now and forevermore. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you.